everyone, and welcome to Rift Reaction. We are back. I am back after my travel. I was normally, I feel like you've traveled more than I have during the course of this show, Emily. Uh, pretty much, yeah. I went, what, I went to see my family. Yep. Um, I went to Worlds. That was, yes. that was it. But yes. yeah, two times. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly more. <laughs> yeah. Certainly more. Wait, did you do, uh, you uh, You were in MS, you were at MSI or was that? Or no? I was doing MSI from here. You were here doing MSI. In the studio, MSI. yeah. Just trying to think about it. Yeah, I was uh, last week for a sponsorship uh, thing. I was at Full Sail University in Florida, checking out all their esports program and stuff. And that was that was very fun. Actually, that I scurried away after last week's episode to, to go do that. So... Uh, really quickly and now now I'm back so it's good to be back Emily what did I miss was it good to meet people in oh person? my god yeah it was the first like festival type thing that I have done in a while I guess festival is the best way to put it like the first big like event I guess is the best the best yeah. way to describe and yeah it was just really cool I mean it was a little strange because I didn't know like literally anyone at this thing so unlike you know when I go to Houston for spring finals and in, in next month uh it was a little different, but it was still just really nice to see a lot of people. And uh, yeah, and I passed my COVID test before the LCS yeah. uh, broadcast uh, this weekend. So um, we're we're looking good. We're feeling good. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of looking forward to playoffs is because like I've never been on the analyst desk where I've been actually able to meet people. Yes. Like actual fans. Yes. Well, the only unfortunate thing for you is that the... The, the the analyst desk does not have access to the audience you know like you guys are this in a separate true. studio so you'll have to come out well, if in you see me wandering around cheers. say yes. hi please yes uh as as i know you do all right so uh let's preview the episode a little bit for those of you uh who are wondering what the heck we're going to talk about it's going to be a bit of a unique show because <laughs> we have no lec to talk about yep. uh and then we have two big things to t discuss in the LCS. One where I'll be talking to Emily about it, and one where Emily will be talking uh, to me about it. Uh, LCS and LCK, I should say. Yep. And uh, and so that'll be the, the meat of it. But I think some interesting conversations to be had, yeah. as well as just some general discussion about how things are going. So first off, Emily, you know, I, I missed, because I was traveling, I missed LEC last week. What <laughs> happened? Break Nothing. down the issue. Wow, another boring week in the we're LEC. Off. No, uh, as people may or may not know, uh, LEC is off for almost an entire three weeks. Uh, Travis made the connection that it lines up with the Riot trip. Uh, they're doing their like general conference in Barcelona, um, which is something I didn't even think about until he brought it up last week. But uh, yeah, we have an incredibly long break. And we did ask all of you, is three weeks too long between regular season and playoffs and LEC? Resounding 80% yes. Yeah. Yes. 20% no. Our poll last week, 80% of you said yes. So I'm glad that uh, people agree because I would feel strange if people were like, eh. I mean, that's that's a, a decent amount of people. I almost This is the type of thing where I almost wonder if I should break it out into a separate video. And it's the perfect time for me to make this video because all of Riot's gone. <laughs> so they can't even deal a with it. A long con. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm making this video right now and no one at Riot PR can stop me because... They're, not that they can ever stop me, but, you know, they can't uh, send me a message being like, hey, you know, it would be kind of nice if you didn't uh, say things like that. One, uh, one thing I will bring up, just because I was talking about it with Jet in terms of what the team impact is, and he said it can actually really 
mess with teams, not only momentum going into playoffs, but prep just because of the patch change. It basically like, depending on who who you're scrimming, there's a similar effect to worlds almost where mini metas will probably develop as people are trying to figure out what they want to do because it's a very, very long break. Yeah. If I make this video, I should just make a video of all the pro players trying to figure out what to do. And then just a bunch of shots of people in Barcelona with like the vacation all I ever wanted song playing in the background. I oh feel like God. that would be that would be good. Uh, <laughs> so flamey. <laughs> I will not make that video. But it is tempting. I mean it's just maybe take the esports schedule into consideration when you're planning these things. I don't know. All right. Whatever. Uh so Sorry, folks. We normally try to talk about LEC, but we can't. So we're going to move on to LCS, which was also kind of a light week. Uh, we only had a two-day two, two day week, which is, I guess, what they normally feel like. But coming out of Super Week recently, it still feels like a, a light amount. Uh, but two interesting things occurred. CLG and 100T both went 2-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 100T's 2-0 didn't feel like a 2-0. I was going to say, it was actually less convincing than CLG's yes. 2-0. Yes. Which is... Uh, Interesting, considering, did you know they both played the same teams, Travis? They no, played, actually, I had not even thought they, about that. They both played FlyQuest and Golden Guardians. Oh and CLG God. actually looked more, in my opinion anyway, looked more cohesive I'm, yeah, I'm, than I'm I wish I had thought about that, because last night we had two calls back-to-back about CLG's 2-0 and 100T's 2-0, and I didn't even think to, to mention that. I don't think Mark did either. So, uh, I don't know. I guess... Which one of you, obviously we're talking about convincing, mm-hmm. but of Hunter T and of CLG, which one do you have more faith in going forward after this weekend where they both play the same teams and both went 2-0? Uh, I mean, still 100 Thieves probably. So I'll say this, 100 Thieves problems are really consistent in terms of it, it relates to their gameplay. I've brought this up on desk several times, but basically their side lane pressure is incredibly poor. Their attention to side lanes is incredibly poor. I know Shaka did a meme video based on a Reddit comment where like no one touched the top wave for 12 minutes or something and did like a sped up video on it. Um, And this is a hundred thieves problem that they've actually had all year in terms of their attention to side waves, the fact that they always kind of group mid and fight, and that is what they do, unless some days on Trindamir, and even then, so, you know, high talk to someday about like, when do you know how to help your team out? And he is someone who's always gonna kind of trend towards grouping with the team, maybe because he doesn't trust them to not want to fight, or, or maybe they just honestly think like, you know what, we're better in 5v5s, especially with how good FBI is from backline. So um, I think I, I still have more faith in 100 Thieves going forward than I do CLG, because I think CLG is still developing as a team, and I don't think they have as much of a obvious weakness. They have a lot more to work on. That, I mean, that being said, I was really impressed with CLG this past week because if you're, again, if you're going by like their internal metrics of, you know, we want these players to be better as a team by the end of the split and have like demonstrable improvement, I think they they definitely achieved that this past week. And you can see how that 
was built on stuff we saw all the way back in lock-in. So that's, I mean, whenever you can do that with a team, I've said this about Golden Guardians previously before they kind of spiraled. Um, but uh, whenever you can do that with a team, it's it's always really cool, even if I don't think CLG are going to be anywhere near the top of the LCS standings. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think those are the, uh, the two big things to talk about from uh, this past week and everything C9 else. C9 BTL. I guess that's true. I, we should talk about C9 beating TL. Uh, do you, in that in that match, do you feel as though C9 really demonstrated that they're the superior team? Like, are they hands and above the best team in the league right now? Or do you think it was just sort of a... Because, uh, I mean, it was fairly close. And then C9 just, like, shut it down at the end of the game, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, right now C9 are the best team. I was wondering... So, like, prior to this match, I was kind of joking in the writing of 10 thoughts about like whenever we hype these matches there's always the results-based analysis where you're like because x team won they're automatically better and that's not always the case um but right now in in terms of well who is the best team in the lcs i'd say that it's definitely c9 not only because of their win over tl on sunday but also because of the way both tl and c9 looked on Saturday. So, uh, although I do think TL will completely recover after the, like, I mean, they're a smart team. They have insane players. Um, I think, uh, I think C9 definitely through the entire body of work this weekend proved that they are the better team right now. Well, congratulations to cloud nine. Uh, I am, I am definitely excited. It does feel as though we're going to see a TL C9 finals Mm -hmm. in Houston at this point in time, even, even with, the way things gone, because I just don't know who else is going to be able to sneak up there. But maybe playoffs will surprise us. I don't know. Maybe right right now, I I have doubt. It's it's the very press X for doubt. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard to imagine. Like, there's just no obvious example of a team that's going to be able to climb into that situation. All right, so this is first. Uh, <laughs> First, we I get to give my lecture to Emily on something, and then right afterwards, she gets to give her lecture to me on this LCK topic. But all right, uh, buckle in, everybody. This is a little bit of esports business, but it's very relevant, and I'm going to try to make it interesting for everybody. So, the Players Association, which has long been derided as a joke that doesn't do anything, last May they hired Phil Aram, Aram, Aram. We're just going to say Aram because it sounds like Aram or spelled like Aram. Uh, to come in and do the stuff. He had formerly worked at Evil Geniuses, and now he's basically running the Players Association as its executive director. They've done a couple interesting things, but one of the most interesting things is something they announced last Friday, which is that they have signed a deal with a company called One Team. So One Team was actually, to my understanding, um, it's a little complicated, but it was formed in part by existing pl- like sports uh, players unions. Hmm. And so these different sports unions had to figure out how to handle all the commercialization of the players' rights, like names and likeness and all that stuff. And so they formed this organization with some additional funding, I think, from a company called or into a company called One Team. So the LCS Players Association has created a deal with One Team to basically uh, package up the group rights for players' names and likenesses. What does this mean, Emily, you may ask? Well, a good example of this is uh, when uh, NFL wants to, or when Madden 
the video game wants to get the images and names of all the NFL players so that they can uh, put them in the game. They do a deal with the Players Association, I believe through one team actually, because one team does almost all this stuff, uh, to get to acquire the names and, and likenesses of all these different players. And so if you look at a copy of Madden, you can see the NFL Players Association logo on it because they had to do this. Mm-hmm. This obviously has not been the case in LCS. Everybody's just been kind of like using the names and likenesses of the players without paying for it, et cetera, et cetera. And it doesn't sound like they're going to necessarily come after the Tim Seven Houston's and Oracle's elixirs of the world and ask for money. But this is a this is actually an interesting way by which the players association can be funded because right now they're just huffing the fumes of the money that Riot was giving them. Uh, and stopped giving them a while ago to continue to operate. And so Phil needs to make sure that the, the Players Association generates money somehow so that he can continue to be paid and that their lawyers can be paid and that this thing can continue to exist. And apparently, in traditional sports, the way that this is done is not necessarily by the players giving money to the association, but rather by the association going off and getting money for players' names and likenesses so that it can continue to fund itself. So this is a big deal mm-hmm. and very interesting. Uh, Emily, you may ask, do I have anything else uh, that I could I could speak to about this stuff? I do. You do want to know about that. Uh, well, actually, as you know, we had mm-hmm. Phil and Marty, who is used to uh, run Splice and I think founded it. He actually now is working at one team and helped make this deal happen. And so we had them on Hotline League. They were answering questions, talking a lot about the stuff and going into greater detail on the stuff that I, I just mentioned. Uh, but one of the things that we actually, ironically, the only thing they could really seem to talk about over and over again, especially Marty, was trading cards and collectibles as an example of the way that they could, like a deal that they could do. And I mm-hmm. think part of the reason they did it was because it's an obvious like low-hanging fruit. Everybody knows about like baseball cards and all that stuff, but... Yeah, the idea is like, let's do some trading cards or, you know, maybe we could do some trading cards. And they were talking about trying to get like a Danny rookie card from last year. Or if like the LCS had had like Bjergsen rookie trading cards from before. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. So, Emily, I'm kind of curious right now. First off, what do you think of the idea of LCS trading cards or collectibles? Uh, So I'll say this. One of my favorite things I have as like a random League of Legends thing is, uh, I don't know if you remember, for All-Stars 2017, I believe. It was either All-Stars 2016 or 2017. They gave out You these... mean MSI? No, I part... mean, I mean oh, All-Stars. All-Stars. Yeah, yeah, okay. When it was held here at the LA, Studio. I believe it was 2017. Yeah. They had a bunch of different trading cards of players. Like, I remember I got uh, Carsa, Reckless... Um, Revolta, who uh, at that time was a jungler from, I had watched uh, him in CBLOL for a yeah. while, uh, and they were really, really fun. Um, I, in fairness, I was given them for free, <laughs> and they, it's just, it was kind of like a one-time thing. I don't know if they have any like monetary value, but they're very cool to have. Um, I don't know about trading cards, but I think. There's a lot you can do with a player likeness beyond that for 
collectibles. I mean, the other thing they mentioned were fat heads, which I only vaguely know about because for a brief time, fat heads was doing a partnership with some of the teams. And these are like cutouts. I believe they have like different. Oh uh, yeah. The one, the ones you put on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's like another thing they mentioned that they could potentially do. So basically the idea of like, Oh, you know, if you want to get some sort of collectible or item or poster or something of the players, like this is something that they could do. Uh, I think it was a little disappointed because we tried to get them to go beyond trading cards and it felt like for the most part they were not able to really talk about too much outside of like collectibles. But here's what's really interesting to me. Uh, that We had a caller call in and just basically talk about like the popularity of the league and the viewership and discussing uh, player, you know, how, how much players were popular and how that led to viewership and so we kind of had this interesting discussion and like phil kind of punted the the topic a little bit to you know saying that he really feels like teams should be doing more and i don't know but there there's an interesting discussion happening in the reddit thread for that hotline league where people are talking about the or the person who posted is talking about how basically like the idea that we're talking about collectibles right now when most LCS players don't have much of a brand just feels like very cart before the horse. Uh, this is Swig Nix, I guess I should say his name. <laughs> uh, and how it's like, all right, you know, you have these players, but it feels like the players that did have the big brands have already basically retired and there's not too many people left that do have big brands. And so rather than focusing on monetizing players who don't have necessarily big brands in the LCS right now, we should be doing more to build the brands. And I, I can't say that I disagree. I mean, I think it's fairly, fairly good. Uh, I will talk about this a little bit in my reaction shot later, but he even pointed out, or I should say they pointed out that um, Peter Dunn was in the Twitch chat saying that they've tried to get Jojo Pyun to stream and he doesn't want to stream at all, even though he's playing all this champions queue. And so, yeah, I guess one, I I'm I've got mixed feelings on this deal because one, I do think it is really good. It is important that this is happening. Uh, I've heard rumors that teams have been trying to kind of use the name and likeness of of players to create digital collectibles, which is the new way to not say NFT um, because nobody wants <laughs> to hear the word NFT. Uh, Hundred Thieves got away with with creating one because they called it a digital collectible, <laughs> but uh, I. So I think it's probably good, and I, I am excited about the fact that the Players Association could be self-sustaining from a monetary standpoint, but I also am kind of like, yeah, you know, if we, are, if we are really looking at collectibles, are there that many people, like if you go try to do a deal with Funko Pop, like how many people are going to buy these Funko Pops of the players outside of like a Bjergsen one or maybe like a Core JJ one, and because player retention is so low, like are are you going to get a Funko pop for a player that's not competing the next year because they got replaced by Bjergsen on team liquid? Yeah. I all mean, right. What do you think of all this, Emily? Sorry. I know I've talked incessantly. No, I mean, so it's tough because like I, as someone on the broadcast, I really want players to show more of their personalities. I think we've been doing a better job of that this year with, um, at the very least, like lightning round being more publicized, a lot more readily available, like mic checks, just a ton more thoughts on the 
broadcast in and of itself. I don't know if people have noticed that, but we've made a concerted effort to hear from typically at least one player per match. And it's not always like the popular player. Um, And it is really difficult, which makes me sad because there's a lot of amazing player personalities that people like aren't paying attention to. And then they automatically blame broadcasts for not building them. Um, And I think we have done a really terrible job in the past of doing that. Uh, But I think this year has been a lot better, especially with like, I'll say this, there's something that's coming out tomorrow or Thursday. Well, it's I would like, say today as Yeah, so released. today, today as in Wednesday, tomorrow as in Thursday. And uh and it's really, really fun. And it's one of these skits that we've been doing. Like I don't know if people saw the Danny Donnie one with pastry time that was kind of mocking the contracts. All of, Kobe one. All, the contracts. Kobe one was great. Uh, you know, you, contracts. Kobe uh, bromance continues this yes. past week with Kobe casting in another CLG game and contracts popping off. So, um, but yeah, like those kind of things, like I, I think we're getting better about, and it's still really sad when, when you see a ton of comments that people of people being like, "Lol, why would I care about, you know, evil geniuses, blah, 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 blah. Why would I care about all these teams? Viewership only counts for C9, TL, that kind of thing. Um, it's really frustrating. C9, again, like right after the week where we were talking about like, oh, uh, it's really difficult to, you know, for because players might be shy about speaking English if they're not comfortable with it or stuff. We had the amazing Summit ASMR video coming out from C9. I think it launched like, there was a summit video that launched after I left recording last week. Yeah. And then the summit ASMR came out like a few days later. And so like that is just amazingly hilarious content that will hopefully help build these players brands in North America. But yeah, like my my pushback is that people are like really resistant. And I think without getting too into like Again, continuing to dissect all of the problems with North America and viewership, I think a lot of it is because there are already so many big streaming personalities that may be in and out of the LCS, which I know ties into a point that you're going to touch upon later, um, that people will follow streamers before before they'll follow pro players. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I... I also just think, like, I could see FlyQuest or Golden Guardians releasing an ASMR video with one of their players... And just nobody watching it, you know, and C9 gets all the credit for for being able to do it. And then people deride these other teams for not doing stuff like that. But when they release content that I think is oftentimes pretty good, it does not get much engagement. I saw and I haven't watched all of it, but EG released like a Jojo Pian video where Jojo Pian's mom was talking about how she wants Jojo to introduce his sister to Vulcan, which I thought was very funny. (laughs) And I don't know how much people are. I don't know. It's, it's sometimes it's sad. I I mean now we're kind of going down the the player branding rabbit hole, but I I just in one on one hand I think it's important that players association goes out and does this deal. On the other hand, I really hope that they. I didn't have much confidence from last night's discussion, and it's the type of thing I didn't really follow up on on the show because it was something I've ruminated on over the past several hours. But I didn't have much confidence that then the next step was like okay. Now we've got the monetization path for player brands. Let's build some player brands, yeah. you know, and if if the teams are pointing at Riot and Riot's pointing at the teams and then the Players Association is pointing at both the teams and Riot, like it's it's a little disheartening, I think. So, yeah. 
All right. That leads us to this week's poll, which is would you buy a player collectible trading card or otherwise? Yes or no. So this is in the Spotify app. If you guys are not familiar with our polls or this first time you're listening, please open up Spotify app and vote in the poll on it. I'm very curious to see what people's reactions are to this. So, and obviously I, I wish we had the ability to, to do a very long poll with a bunch of different uh, things where we're surveying people for five minutes about like which player collectibles would you buy? Would you buy them outside of C9 and TL, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yes, please let us know. And we'll talk about that next week. All right, Emily, you're all furiously, right. furiously typing. Uh, I'm, getting, uh, well, I'm bringing up all of my, all of my material your, because for your lecture. Yeah. Yes. All right. So I was asleep yeah. and then I woke up <laughs> and some shit had gone down last night. So please let me know. Cause yeah. I'm, I've been catching up on it. Travis actually just barely missed it, but I think we timed it. What? Like a half hour. Yes. Yeah. So, um, last night, a announcement, an announcement came out from LCK that basically said uh, this is an announcement regarding changes to March 16th match between Gen G and Frederick Brion as a result of COVID-19. Due to two members of Frederick Brion's emergency call-up team testing positive for COVID, Frederick Brion will not be able to field the team and will forfeit the match score 0-2. And then they provide the background for this. So for anyone that doesn't know the LCK ruling, uh, this is the protocol for positive COVID cases on a team. Number one, substitutions within the main roster. Number two, if one is not possible, emergency call-up, send-down. Number three, if two is not possible, rescheduling of the match. So then they talk about why the match can't be rescheduled. When the LCK provide these protocols to teams, it was explained that four cases discovered within two, three weeks of playoffs, if the game cannot resume before the Thursday before playoffs, the team will be handed a forfeit. The reasoning for this is as follows. Due to Asian games and international competition schedules, LCK does not have freedom to move playoffs. The reason for the Thursday before playoffs is chosen as the deadline is in order to prevent any teams from playing back-to-back or double headers. Additionally, there's a high chance of having tiebreakers on the final D of the regular season, and we decided not to schedule matches afterwards. Now, this blew up immediately because Fred Brion, for those that don't know, um, is actually making a you know plausible run as a playoff team for a few reasons that are actually tied to this uh this entire discussion in that you know you have teams like Nongshim Red Force where BDD actually has uh long covid and has been struggling uh just with like brain fog and stuff um and so the the final three teams that can qualify for the last two playoff spots are Fred Brian, KT Rolster and Kwangdong Freaks and so this is actually a big deal that they have to forfeit this match, uh, which is Wednesday. So the matches haven't happened because they happen today. At, uh, you know, they will have happened at the time of this uh, uh, recording going out. And so, yeah, everything blew up and everyone was like, why can't they just play online, including myself? Travis, you already have a question. I, yeah, well, I'm, I just want to make sure I understand because I know we, we slammed through a bunch of, yeah, of sorry. the details. No, 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 it's fine because uh, obviously it's a little complicated. So it sounds like LCK is basically like the reason why this has to be forfeited is because it is literally impossible to schedule yes. based off of everything that's coming up uh, a makeup yes. day. Yes. Okay. And so they're saying 
that's like if all these things happen, there's all these different like fallbacks mm-hmm. on how to make this work. And if all the fallbacks fall apart and there's no way to play the game, we have like we have no other option essentially to, but to forfeit mm-hmm. the match. And yeah. uh, sorry, which leads us to now, which is you're saying, why can't this just be played online? Yeah. And so when I when I tweeted this, I was actually talking about something and I think I retweeted Ashley Kong too because she's been talking about this since February but teams again teams knew of this so it's not like Frederick Brian did not know um and it's also not like this was sprung on teams last minute right this is a absolute worst case scenario that happened at the worst possible time so that's something that people should keep in mind they're not just like randomly canceling matches yeah. because they don't care about players perfect storm scenario yeah exactly like so that is something to keep in mind and now there's also a really good reddit post by user psychonian uh and they basically said like you know a lot of people said that they've handled the situation with Fredit brian really badly they go through uh, Korea's quarantine rules, which is that if you test positive for COVID uh, you, uh, and you're sick, you have to isolate in your resident alone with no visitors or possibly face uh, jail time or a significant fine. So if a player is mandata- in mandatory quarantine, a referee is not present, cannot be present with them. And the reason why that is super important, I'm not gonna go down the long history of Korean esports and their issues with match fixing in the past but there it's just to say that government laws yeah like it's just to say that this is taken incredibly seriously uh and because of issues that they've had in the past right so so basically um, you have to have a ref yeah so is, yeah. Uh, uh so like it's uh again this is something that all teams apparently agreed upon um my my personal issue is not with the this specific thing. This specific thing is a microcosm for me wondering, like just thinking there had to have been a better way to protect players and the competitive integrity of the season. And I know a lot of people will be like, well, you can't control whether players are getting COVID. Korea has suffered their largest covid spikes during this lck spring season and that's true um there's a lot of what ifs around like whether players would have gotten covid if it was all you know online but then why would they have started the season online when things seem to be fine and you know you have weird instances where like there's full audiences uh at at low park uh while players are playing as well so like i don't think lck should be slammed for this specific instance, but I think there should be a kind of look at how this has been handled overall. And there's an argument that the competitive integrity of the entire split has already been affected due to how many substitutions there have been. And that being said, the caveat here is that I I will say, I still think T1 would absolutely be in first. So I don't think like, I still think it'd be the standings would be relatively similar, save Nongshim moving up because they've had, you know, like I said, BDD has been suffering from long COVID. They've been hit really, really hard. Um, I actually don't think the standings would change as much, but I do think the quality of play has been 
affected. And it sucks because T1 are having like a historic run and they're really fucking good. And it's hard to talk about how fucking good they are when the, all of this shit has happened. And again, I know, uh, so I linked a, a Joe Marsh tweet where he uh, says, finally, all LCK, uh, all 10 LCK teams agree on something and like the, the playoffs uh, gif. And that tells me that, you know, maybe they approved online matches for playoffs just to avoid this kind of thing. So, cause again, scheduling is really, really tight and uh, there's not a lot of room to reschedule if something happens in playoffs. So he previously, uh, Joe Marsh, has kind of shaded other LCK owners for not protecting their players and not going online. So that's another that's another thing that needs to be keep it, kept in mind is that, you know, presumably there was a vote and teams did. Again, teams knew the rules, right? They knew what the the uh, rule set was going to be. This isn't a shock or surprise. It is the absolute worst case scenario. Um, and I think like, I, again, so to reiterate, I think the LCK as a whole, this season should be looked at and lessons should be taken from it in terms of what you should and shouldn't do. Uh, I don't think the Frederick Breon situation is, um, it's upsetting and it's really awful, but it's not like, oh my gosh, LCK hates their own teams or players or, you know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're upset about this decision, be upset about the way the league has been handled as a whole on the year, not just this specific thing, because obviously they can't make exceptions for this specific thing, because then you look at teams like Nongshim where they were like absolutely ravaged by COVID and you're like, well, then now it's not fair to them, right? Because we didn't let them play from home and we knew that they were really, really sick and, and stuff like that. So there's a snowball effect where I understand why they couldn't make this match. You know, they can't make special exceptions for Frederick Brion when they haven't made special exceptions from other teams. Um, the last thing I want to say, just because there's been before I ask your opinion on this, but uh, the last thing I want to say is there's been some really specious comparisons to LPL where people have been like, oh, look at how much better the LPL is, blah, 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 blah. And like, you can say that the LPL has been handling it better if you want, um, but their situations are vastly different. The Asian games are being held in China and China is the previous winner. So uh, of League of Legends. So I believe this means that they don't have to go through the qualifier. Someone please correct me if I'm wrong, but that's also part of the scheduling thing. And additionally, people are saying like, well, LPL are playing at their home venues. Yes and no, because they're playing remotely. So like if you see, uh, there's actually an example from uh, WE RNG where you see WE are at their own venue and RNG are in Shanghai. So please stop making comparisons to LPL because it's not fair to the the LCK for this specific situation. And again, you can think that LPL has handled it better, whatever, but don't like rip into LCK because of what LPL has been doing. Hello. Hello. I think I covered everything. It's kind of in, in as like concise of a thing as I. No, no, no. I, I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. It is a lot. Well, so one thing I want to say is I really appreciate you breaking down the nuance of this stuff because I think oftentimes people will see a specific instance of something that happens in, in League Esports and not 
it's like seeing the forest for the trees or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this situation, it sounds like the Fred at Brion moment is disappointing, but perhaps unavoidable given broader mistakes yeah. or decisions that were made throughout the season. Yeah. And I think that that is what's really interesting. It's like, okay, everybody needs to like expand their vision because you hear, oh, team was forced to forfeit because COVID wouldn't allow them to field players. And you go like, that's terrible. And like, yes, it is terrible, but it sounds like it's terrible because there were other things that were, were being decided like mm-hmm. not to have things run online or whatever. So uh, that's fascinating. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any questions. I feel like you did such a good job of breaking it all all down well, thank, but uh you know thank uh you psychonian on twitter and and a few other lck fans that have been tweeting about this also chronicler covered it on his stream yesterday and uh again there was the the joe marsh uh, tweet yeah i linked another tweet from a fan that described the difference between lck and lpl so p- people please stop making that comparison like uh yeah and maybe maybe we'll if if we don't get these links in the show notes uh, for Spotify, we will we'll maybe we can tweet them out yeah, or something. Emily, yeah. Emily, you can check her Twitter to find them or whatever. But so I guess this this Joe Marsh tweet is somewhat speculative. But you're saying you think that they've agreed on something happening? Yeah, because of the playoffs, Giff. I think, and and also again because he's been really critical of other teams, um, presumably refusing to play online. Uh, because he's always been, you know, kind of upfront about like really wanting to protect T1 players. Uh, and again, like T1's having a absolute historic run through uh, through LCK right now. Uh, they've, again, been really fun to watch. I've brought them up several times on the year. Um, and it just sucks that, you know, it's, it's overshadowed by all of this. Wow. Super fascinating stuff. Uh, obviously really disappointing for a lot of the fans, but I think what a, what a unique situation we find ourselves in. All right. That leads us to this week's Q and a, now that you've heard Emily Rand's sermon <laughs> it is time for us to get your reaction. Given the rules and stipulations detailed, what would you have done if you were an LCK team owner? So, you know, we're all kind of on par with LCK team owners. I think we should all be able to answer this now. Uh, yeah. What, what do you think of everything that you just heard and how would you have handled the situation? Uh, please open up the Spotify app and let us know. Well, speaking of Q and a time to move on to last week's Q and a, which was what would you like to see from MSI this year? As we're getting closer and closer, uh, we have this question from all of you and we've got a bunch of replies. Evan says, I would like to see NA win. And honestly, <laughs> I feel like that's the only Good answer luck. we need so we can move on. Uh... I'm a simple man. I just want to watch some League of Legends. Thank you, Josh. Uh, Kobe's joy when NA does well. I like that. Yes. Kobe being super excited about NA. It just makes me really happy. Um, <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of fun, a lot of good ones around around VCS. Uh, RJ Clark says, would like to see a wildcard team pop off. Zachary says, a live studio audience. Oh, and an LCS team in the finals. I mean, very interesting. So it still has not announced... Korea, but we know that it's Korea because it's been reported. And so I'm I as you were talking about all this stuff, Emily, I was very curious about <laughs> if I'm going to Korea, uh, if there's going to be audiences in Korea, 
how this stuff is going to manage because it does sound like things are getting a little hectic over there. Yeah. So. Um, well, you know what I like is more player-based content, specifically inter-regional interactions. So I think the... I would love if the broadcast did more with this, but for those that don't know, especially uh, LCK and LPL teams, they do so many fun like jersey swaps and like uh, especially with some of the players, have them chat with each other if they've been on previous teams. Like uh, a specific one I can think of is that Deft and Mako met up at Worlds last year when they were both there. Um, so there is a lot of cool interactions that happen through team content. And now we just need to bring it to, uh, uh, you know, the broadcast. KG Rolster benches Vikla for a playoff miracle run with Aria. Oh, wow. That is that is an interesting... Uh, Very specific. Who said that? Um, Shout him out. Johannes. There we go. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for your answers. We'll look forward to reading your Q&A next week. But it is now time for the back of the book. Emily, we were just talking about some LPL and LCK stuff, so hit us with the matches of the week. All right. So... Um, let me scroll up because I was still reading some of these answers. They're really great. I wish I could call it some more. Um, so LPL match of the week. So I, like I said, I kind of boomed myself last week by picking a match that was on the night. So once again, I'm picking another match that just happened less than 24 hours ago because Iwandi is freed. Travis, have you heard about the Iwandi saga? No. Okay. Please tell me. Well, LNG has been playing Lumao, who people might remember from JDG. And, uh, and he has not been performing well, let's just say. And so, you know, there were always a ton of hashtag free Iwandis in chat. And he is freed. And they beat EDG. Um, and so now, I mean, LBL is like, for those that haven't been following it, incredibly up in the air. I still think that RNG are probably going to be MSI res- representatives, but they just lost to WE. There's been a lot of... <laughs> A lot of interesting matches. Uh, and anyway, so LNG beat EDG. Playing Iwandi. You get to see Iwandi play. We're really excited about that. Or I'm really excited about it. You should also be really excited because Iwandi's a really good player. He's actually been scouted by a few uh, LCS teams. Oh, now well. I'm excited. Know, Let's right? talk about this. Uh, <laughs> um, they'll throw that in there. But then LCK match of the week. Gen G versus Tom Kia, a.k.a. Ruler versus Canyon. Previously, in LPL, I've talked about matches where I've been like, watch one man try to carry his team over the finish line in night and top esports. And this week, we have a banger with Genji versus Damwonkia, aka Canyon, trying desperately, uh, and Showmaker, actually. Showmaker performed pretty well, but uh, trying desperately to beat Gen G. Um, it was actually a really fun, a really fun match, uh, jokes aside. And, you know, you get to see Canyons in Italy. Always exciting. Travis is smiling at me. He's like, I'm not going to watch this match, Emily. But you should. I mean, I it's might. It's a fun time. I might, based off of the way you've, you've uh, described it. Anyway, yeah. I have so. some time this week. Uh, fantastic. Okay. Well, time to get into reaction shots. All right. For the first one, I will go. Okay. Because you gave your 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 monologue earlier, so I need to I need to say some stuff, and that stuff is going to be that I'm sad that star players won't stream. So, kind of playing off of what we were talking about earlier, and when I say star players, I guess it's kind of funny because JoJo's a rookie, but JoJo has the opportunity here. He's he's crushing it in Champions Q. You know, like he he was supposed to do really great in the LCS. 
uh, Tim Seven Houston made about 5,000 tweets that he was going to do great in the LCS. And so far, EG has seemed like a middling team, and I don't feel like JoJo is like particularly standing out in the way that people thought. However, one place he's standing out is in Champions Q, because, correct me if I'm wrong, Emily, but didn't he do quite well last Champions Q split? By... You know, by goodness, Travis, he actually won the he, split. My goodness, <laughs> he won. Oh, fantastic! So, uh, anyway, he obviously he's spending a ton of time in Champions Q. He's playing a ton of it, and maybe I will request an interview with him this weekend and ask him why he's not streaming it. I I kind of understand because, uh, look, the players are doing this stuff at the end of their workday, and people don't realize how exhausting streaming can be. So I have some sympathy of like, yeah, maybe you don't want to like you know you just want to be able to sit down and try to hone your skills and think about that and not think about like twitch chat and all that stuff but even in a world where he was just streaming it with no mic and no camera that wouldn't be great but like it'd be something at least and i do want to mention that there are a decent amount of lcs players who are streaming just to like smaller audiences like a couple Mm -hmm. hundred people and so they kind of go unnoticed but i think it's the type of thing you build over time uh you've you've we've got the champions queue stuff i think there are probably cooler ways to build out tools that will show you who's online and who's streaming and all that stuff i know the champions queue website already kind of does it but look uh good friend of mine kelby may for a long time felt as though and used to talk this about this a ton that lcs had its peak branding and fandom and all that stuff when you had a ton of the big players streaming because that was how they made revenue because their salaries were not that high and while I don't think that that's all of it, I do think it it's helpful. And so now that we've got this Champions Q stuff, I really would like to see more players stream. And I'm looking at you, Jojo. As an addendum, I'll say that one of the things that, you know, I know they pushed for in Champions Q was the ability to stream. Because previously that was a huge issue when people were like, oh, just play on TR. And it's like, well, we can't stream on right. TR. So like this is this is actually part of the reason why streaming is a lot on Champions Q. It's yes. so you can build your brand. All right, Emily, what do you got for us? All right. So this past weekend, uh, Jat and I were talking off camera, and we brought it up on Waiting Room, uh, following up on the take that, quote, unquote, everyone is bad right now, um, which isn't actually the case, but it kind of ties into I have no idea who's going to win I mean, first of all, I have no idea who's coming out of LPL. Like like I said, probably RNG. Who knows? Uh, I think T1 is definitely coming out of Korea. They're incredibly strong. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious about MSI because I feel like T1 is really strong and I can't gauge how well whatever LPL team is going to come out is going to do because the LPL has been so... Um, not inconsistent, but like you, have, you kind of have a situation where everyone's been beating up on everyone to some extent. So I'm really curious for MSI, and I, I want to follow up on that take because it's not as easy as like everyone's bad. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't. There's know. not a ton of clear cuts. I yeah, guess it sounds like and, and like it's it's interesting to talk about LCK because a lot of rosters kind of improve from top to bottom, I'd say, in, in LCK going into this uh, this year, Wait, But actually. I thought top was an LPL. Hmm? I thought top was oh, an LPL. Oh, God, that's terrible. They don't even call themselves top anymore. Anyway, moving on. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't, sorry, I cut I'm it out. Excited, your... I'm excited for MSI. That's all okay, I'm going to okay. say. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be. Set. I think it's going to be really interesting, and I want to see. I really want to see T1 outside of Korea. Yeah, I think they're I think they're pretty good. When is that happening again? MSI. Yeah. <laughs> Do I actually know? Where is it happening again? <laughs> Do I actually know? <laughs> All right, everybody, that is the show. Thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in and hearing our longer discussions this week. A bit of a a more unique episode, but hopefully you all enjoyed it. And uh, Emily and I will catch you next week. 